Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue. It is Sunday the 28th of April. My name is Heather. Welcome to the show. You're listening to us on 3CR 855 AM. You could also be listening online at 3cr.org.au forward slash radio blue or online digital radio podcasting. There's so many ways to listen to us. First off, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that 3CR is broadcasting from and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. So today's show, I'm going to be telling you a little bit about my recent adventure to Hong Kong and to see the amazing pink Chinese dolphins. Well, if you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, I sure know where you are. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. We'll check out the happening vibe. We're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to 3CR, flap your ears. What? Who the hell is that? Flap your ears. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM, 3CR's Marine and Ocean News Program. Okay, so before I tell you about the pink dolphins of Hong Kong, a little bit about the weather. So they are expecting a light shower or two today. Winds will be westerly from about 15 to 25 kilometres an hour, expecting to become a little bit lighter during the day with a maximum of 17 degrees. So we are slowly getting cooler here in Melbourne, though the weather was uh, quite crazy the other week. So if you are planning on doing some scuba diving today, probably looking at the western side of Portfield Bay, including areas around Williamstown and Geelong. Uh, but keep in mind, as we have had some recent rain, it may make the water a little bit murky and cloudy. So keep that in mind and make sure you only dive within your limits. So I have recently spent uh, five days in Hong Kong on a little trip over the Easter break. And during that time, I well, like on any holiday, I always try and look for some sort of animal experience um, that I can do on my trip 
and that will be a really lasting reminder of the region. So before I went to Hong Kong, um, my parents actually really kindly for Christmas decided that they would get me some sort of experience in Hong Kong and I was looking into the pink dolphins. Now, initially, I was I was torn as to whether I wanted to do this. It seemed to be one operator um, in the region that was going out to look at the dolphin. And it's called Hong Kong Dolphin Watch. And I did email them in the beginning because I went on their website and did some, some research. Obviously, I want to support operators that are doing the right thing for the animals and for the environment. Um, and I was a little concerned initially when I went onto their website and I clicked on the link for the code of conduct and it didn't lead anywhere. Um, so I emailed the company and just explained that, you know, I have a marine biology background and I just wanted to know what their code of conduct was uh, before signing up with them as an operator. And unfortunately, nobody ever got back to me. Um, I made the decision to still go with the company because I wanted to experience the dolphins, but also see how they operated so that I could give advice to others. So I emailed them uh, a couple of months later and said, oh, look, I would actually really like to come on a tour. And I heard back with a response within about 24 hours. So maybe my code of conduct request wasn't exactly what they were hoping for. But I decided to go out with them um, because the only other time I had seen a pink dolphin, which is also known as an Indo-Pacific humpback dolphin, uh, was when I worked at SeaWorld. And they had one in captivity. I don't know her backstory. I'm assuming she was injured or required some sort of assistance to be moved into captivity. Really fascinating dolphin. Became possessive of anything that ended up in her tank. Um, So if any small child lost a hat, they were never going to get that hat back. That was her new toy. And and she would swim around with it constantly and, and never give it up. Um, But after doing a little bit of research, I discovered that the Australian species of the Indo-Pacific humpback dolphin, uh, which is found around the northern Australian coastline, was actually recently described as a distinctly different species from their Asian cousins. Um, And this happened in 2014. So the dolphins I saw were a slightly different species to the ones that are found in Australia. And they're generally referred to as the Chinese white dolphin. And this is their local name for the Indo-Pacific humpback species. It's generally found anywhere from South Africa to China. Um, And their eastern range, they generally prefer the estuary habitats. So we're talking at the river mouths and entries. So the pink dolphins that are found in southern China, um, and they're also found into Hong Kong. So very little was known about these dolphins in depth uh, because scientific research wasn't really done on the species until the 90s. Um, And they are known um, to vary in colour, which is why there has been a little bit of um, changes in the species. So the Australian individuals are generally a white to light grey colour Whereas the individuals that I saw in Hong Kong, I did see some that were definitely showing that pink coloration. So in the early 90s, there was a remote island off Lantau Island, which is in Hong Kong, um, which had been earmarked to become their new airport. And in Hong Kong, there has been a lot of reclaiming of land. And so there was an area that was concreted off and the nine square kilometre airport was built and because it was in the area of the dolphins um, this really brought them into the spotlight and has brought a little bit more scientific research about these animals. 
So these dolphins, if we go into, I guess, their biology to begin with, and I'll finish up with uh, some of the issues that these poor guys are facing. So the dolphins are generally born a dark grey colour and I was lucky enough to see an individual that our guide said was approximately a year old and it was quite grey in colour. And they're generally around one metre long when they're born. Gestation period is estimated to be anywhere between 10 months to one year. Within the first few months, the babies fade to a lighter grey and then over the next few years, the grey colour slowly disappears and that generally starts with their fins and tails and then leaves grey spots on a white to pink sort of background. And it's believed the pink coloration, and I did look this up because they told us on the boat and I was a little sceptical, but the pink coloration is actually caused by blushing. So as the dolphins increase in speed, whether it's because they're playing, jumping, feeding, um, the blood on the outer layers of skin, it actually helps them thermoregulate. And so the skin is, the blood is brought, closer to the surface and that gives them their pink blushing color and it really was pink I will make sure I include some photos on our Facebook page I haven't even started to go through them yet but I was pretty excited to see that pink color surfacing in the water so females reach sexual maturity usually around the 10 years of age and males are probably a little bit later as is seen in many species the dolphins give birth to one baby at a time And the infant stays with mum up to about three years. So during that time, mum won't have another calf. Um, They feed solely on milk and then gradually learn to hunt for food as they get more independent. And obviously staying with mum, they get to learn a lot of those skills in hunting, but also those social skills as well. The adults appear to feed primarily on fish, including lion's head, mullet and anchovies. And they take the fish whole and then swallow it head first, which is done by many, many marine species because a lot of fish will have spines either on their dorsal fin or on their petrol fins. And so if you swallow the fish head first, um, those spines are flattened against the body. So as a a former penguin keeper, we always used to make sure we gave the penguins the fish head first. Um, But when feeding them in the pool, the penguins would always turn the fish around and do that themselves. Adults generally grow to around the two and a half to three meter mark. Um, and the average lifespan is um, a little bit less than some of the other dolphin populations, and they're not sure why this is. Um, but unfortunately, in Hong Kong, they think that the shortened lifespan is because of the some of the environmental impacts of that reclaimed land. These dolphins, I tell you what, I became like a, a small child again when I uh, when I saw them coming out of the water, and they didn't they didn't leap out of the water like the spinner dolphins I've seen in Hong Kong or the bottlenose dolphins that you may have seen in Port Phillip Bay, but it really is that that pink color, and the fact that I did manage to get one photo, and I'm really happy with this photo. I'll see if I can edit it and get it on Facebook, um, but this one photo of three of the dolphins all in the one location. Now, I did mention that I wanted their code of conduct before agreeing to go with this operator. And my main concern was that, particularly here in Victoria, we've had guests on before, like Sue Mason, who have talked about how there are legal requirements if you are in the water near marine life, including dolphins and whales. And in Victoria, you're not permitted to approach, if you're in a boat, you're not permitted to approach within 100 metres of a dolphin. Now, this is definitely not what I was experiencing in Hong Kong. Um, As we spotted the dolphins um, and everyone was very excited, there was about 30 people on the boat. 
everyone was super excited and moving around and trying to spot as many dolphins as they could. Um, the boat was definitely approaching the dolphins and definitely closer than 100 meters. So initially I was a little concerned about this behavior and um, how this would impact the dolphins. And honestly, I thought the dolphins were going to swim away. But we were with them for probably about 40 minutes. And during that time, the dolphins were constantly changing direction. And it wasn't changing direction away from the boat, which is what I was expecting if the boat was going to be causing them a hassle. Um, We found sometimes they'd move away, but sometimes they'd come straight under the boat and were actually approaching us directly, um, whether we were moving or whether we were stationary. So I was actually really pleased to see that. Still not... 100% sure how I feel about that and I think I'll still be contacting them for their code of conduct but it was really good to see that the dolphins were quite comfortable around our boat particularly considering they were near a very busy shipping channel and quite close to the new Hong Kong to Macau bridge which actually has a gap in the bridge the bridge goes underwater at one point to allow that shipping um, to come through because it is a really important economic area for them. All right, we're going to go to a quick song and then I'm going to tell you about uh, some of the things that these poor dolphins are facing in Hong Kong and the reasons why. I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International and you're listening to Out of the Blue 855 AM 3CR's Marine and Ocean News Program. All right, welcome back to Out of the Blue. That was Heroes by David Bowie. And obviously I chose that because the dolphins, the dolphins that swim. So if you've just tuned in today, I'm talking a little bit about the experience I had in Hong Kong a couple of days ago um, with the pink Indo-Pacific humpback dolphins. Um, So really great to get out in the environment and see these animals up close and personal. Um, but unfortunately, they are facing some some issues in their habitat, which many animals around the world are. Um, we tend to think that animals shouldn't be in captivity and they should be out in the wild. And the wild is this magical place where everything's amazing, um, but it's not. Humans suck and we, we are destroying the planet at an amazing rate. Um, and unfortunately, these dolphins are having to deal with some of that. So one of the biggest things that they have been dealing with is obviously a shrinking habitat that is suitable for them. And one of the reasons for this is particularly around Hong Kong and Macau, there has been a lot of reclaimed land. Now, reclaimed land is when you take something that used to be water and you turn it into land. So a lot of Hong Kong has been reclaimed. It is uh, quite a small area, massive growing population, but recently they've been reclaiming land, for t- particularly for the uh, shipping terminals, uh, industry, and the airport. So the entire airport of Hong Kong is on reclaimed land, and they are currently looking at putting in a third runway, which would involve more blasting, and more dredging in order to be able to get the building material and then building up that land and taking away some of that water that the dolphins could have used. Now, the blasting itself can cause problems for the dolphins um, and Hong Kong Dolphin Watch do keep a record of the strandings of the dolphins and there were a, a particular increase between 1993 and 1997 and this was a lot of the workers who were at the airport site 
and they were recording a lot of dolphins who had unfortunately washed up and passed away. And they had infections generally to do with their sensitive ears. And they think a lot of this was caused by the construction blasting when that airport was being built. Um, So some of the numbers, if you consider in 1989, there was two strandings that were recorded. um, And then probably at its peak in the, um, sorry, probably around its peak with the airport around 1997, um, they were up to 10 strandings. Now, there can be a lot of different reasons why strandings can increase. It can actually be that there are more dolphins that are stranding and are washing up dead. It can also be, though, that more people are out there looking for them and therefore you are going to find more if you have more eyes looking for them, if it is actually increasing. Um, Things like overfishing are also impacting the dolphins. So their food source is being taken away from them and the food's being depleted. Um, And this can be a major problem, particularly with the juvenile individuals when they're searching for food. So the government is looking at putting in artificial reefs to try and boost those juvenile fish species. But again, this could take time. And scientists are really pushing for the fact that there should be no take zones, which may be able to help the dolphins a little bit faster than those artificial reefs. Unfortunately, around the world, not just in Hong Kong, but around the world, um, dolphins are still caught as bycatch um, in fishing nets and they do drown. So this is a worldwide problem. And in Hong Kong, it is illegal to harm or kill a dolphin. Um, However, you know, there are still problems and there have been six cases of fisheries bycatch uh, recorded between 83 and 1998. There is heavy sea traffic within the region. Um, As I mentioned, there is shipping throughout this area and this can cause problems, particularly if they're releasing any chemicals. This can cause problems to their immune system, as can the loud noises that can affect their echolocation, which is how they get around, how they find their food and how they locate individuals of their own species. But I guess the thing that upset me the most, um, and I'll definitely be doing a bit more research into this, um, is the high infant death rate. So on the boat, everyone was really excited that we got to see an individual that was a year old. And that was a breakthrough because a lot of the individuals that have been born, they've found have been dying very early on. Some of them still with only milk in their stomach. They haven't even learnt to hunt yet. And the problem has been with bioaccumulation. So things like the organochlorines, um, like DDT, things like that that are in the environment And as the blasting of the land continues, some of those things like the heavy metals are being put back into the water system. They bioaccumulate. So as they move up the food chain, the larger individuals, the predators will have more and more within their system. And unfortunately, it accumulates in fatty tissue. And the milk of dolphins is approximately 40% fat. So what's happening is these females are giving birth to their first calf. They're feeding them milk as they would expect to do. And unfortunately, that milk is is killing those babies. They just don't have the immune system to be able to deal with that. It has been noted, though, that females who have more than one calf, she seems to offload a lot of those heavy metals in the milk for the first calf. And the success rate of subsequent calves, calves is usually a tad higher. Um, however, if they are going to be doing more dredging as those individuals grow up and have their own, uh, offspring, 
the same thing is going to continue to occur. So this third runway at the airport in Hong Kong um, is quite controversial. There are a lot of groups who are against it. And I think it will just prolong this time where we see dolphin calves dying because of this unloading of those heavy metals into their system. Um, Finally, they also have a problem with sewage. So about 2 million metric tonne of sewage is released into the sea um, every year. Sorry, every day, every day. Um, And this has obviously a high level of bacteria. And again, this can affect the dolphins, particularly the young calves who have that low immunity level. So while I did really enjoy my time with the pink Indo-Pacific humpback dolphins, it has given me a lot to think about um, in terms of the operators that I choose to go with. I'll definitely uh, be pursuing that further to get their code of conduct. So if anyone is going to Hong Kong or interested in going there and would like to go and see the pink dolphins for themselves, I will post the code of conduct on our Facebook page so everyone can have a look. It's also got me thinking, though, about um, those heavy metals. And we did do dredging in Port Phillip Bay not that long ago. And there was a lot of talk at the time whether that was going to bring up um, any heavy metals back into the water system and whether that would have an effect on any of our species. And we do tend to love our seafood here in Australia. And with bioaccumulation, if we are choosing some of those larger species to consume, there is the potential that they have slowly accumulated some of those heavy metals. So we, we do still get warnings from time to time about eating flake, which is obviously shark, um, and it's because of the mercury levels that can be found in that species being the top of the food chain. So these things, while they are a little depressing, you know what? That experience with the pink dolphins was absolutely amazing. It shows me that there are scientists out there who are trying to learn as much as they can about this species. They're taking people out to learn more about them. And what I was really impressed with is when we hopped in the bus to go to Lantown Island to go to our boat, they actually handed everybody on board an information sheet about the dolphins. So I've been sharing quite a bit of that information with you today. But I was really impressed that they were quite open with the information. They explained all the problems. And then once we were on the boat, they were really quick to point out, you know, the baby and how exciting that is and what, you know, what they're hoping for in the future with that species. So if you are heading to Hong Kong, definitely consider giving them a go. I will post some information on our Facebook page. Otherwise, I hope everybody is out there enjoying this Sunday. It does look like it's going to be a little bit cooler, um, but winter is on its way. So it is to be expected. Coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. So enjoy your Sunday and we'll be back next week. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. 
For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.